Blog Talk Radio. to the Mystical Matchmaker Podcast. I'm your host, Marla Martinson, and I'm so happy that you're here. Uh, for people who this is the first time being with me, welcome. I am a matchmaker, life coach, intuitive reader, uh, energy healer, author. I do a lot of things, and um, maybe you can relate. I'm a Gemini, and sometimes I feel like I'm spread too thin. This is just a little too scattered, but I'm trying to pull it together. Um, and welcome back if you're if you're a regular listener. But do you ever feel like that? Can you relate? I, I think in 2023, my focus is uh, really going to be pulling things together and tying it with a bow um, instead of sometimes I feel like I'm so scattered with things I want to do that then I'm frozen and I don't do anything or I do things half-assed. Can you relate to that? It's, it's, so that's where boundaries come in. It's, I talk about boundaries a lot. I'm going to talk a little bit about that today and how that can really help your life and going into 2023 uh, in all areas, whether you're looking for love, whether you're uh, trying to have more um, control over your life or, you know, whether it's at work with family and relationships. And especially I know people are looking for love. The holidays are coming and there's so many women that reach out to me and men who are seeking that soulmate. And um, I, one of the things that I encourage since frequency is always matched and I talk a lot about energy and frequency, and I know it may sound a little cliche, or we hear it a lot, or this spiritual kind of memes, but it is true. Frequency is always matched. So the important thing is to have fun in your life. And I'll tell you a, a, a story that actually I was on a podcast with my, my friend May, uh, who's a matchmaker uh, today. I was on her podcast, and I was telling the story about a friend of mine who is actually in her early 60s and she had never had she'd never been married she she had relationships before but you know she was single at this time and often picked the wrong guys and just didn't work out and and she decided to kind of have she didn't have the childhood that she wanted uh, because of her parents and her family situation and so she thought you know what uh, how many years do I have left? You know, how many years do we have left in life? And um, she says, I'm going to do what I want to do. And she picked something out that she just got so passionate about, which was salsa dancing. And she joined a, a, a class and then a group. She started dancing like five nights a week. Another one of the nights, she went ahead and uh, booked herself a massage once a week to pamper herself. And she just started loving herself and loving her life and loving what she was doing. And the friends at the dance group were, you know, she became such good friends with them. And there was no time. I mean, she was dating. She was on the online and she was open to a relationship, but it was not something where she felt there was something missing from her life or God, when am I going to meet the guy? 
it was all her, her frequency went up so much because she was having so much fun. Yeah, she had some challenges in her life with an aging uh, sick parent and, you know, family issues that would pop up or, you know, a sick dog or whatever would happen. But she uh, kept that, despite it all, dealing with those things as everyone has things to deal with, she kept her uh, priority, which was on her joy and, and having fun. And very shortly after, the most amazing man came into her life, and they, they just uh, resonate on so many levels. And they've been in a relationship for over a year. They just celebrated a, uh, their first year anniversary not too long ago, a couple months ago, and celebrated that. And, and um, I'm so pleased for her. So when I talk about that, that is the most important thing you can do. And when it, 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 it trumps all, all uh, dating tips, you know, advice, what do you, what, you know, what do you say on a date? What do you text back? This, that. It, it, this, is, this is the key right here is – uh, so we've got boundaries, what you will and will not accept in your life, priorities, raising your frequency, and loving yourself and loving your life. Uh, write that down. So <laughs> that those, if you can get that and start working on that, um, I can pretty much guarantee if if the right person doesn't re- spin into your um, into your world. Uh, a lot of other good stuff will come in. I mean, you know, whether it's work, money, relationships, health, uh, relation, you know, love relationship. So that's that's what you've got to be working on. Now, you know, we all have our life paths. Um, I'm also, you know, a spiritual metaphysician and, and intuitive reader as well as a coach and a matchmaker. So I kind of combine it all. And I will say that some of us, you know, for instance, my last uh, marriage of 20 years has been a very karmic relationship and I know we've spent many lifetimes together and I've investigated that and uh, I have um, dove into that oh my computer just went out there we go I'm back <laughs> my computer went blank um so I know that we've had lifetimes together I know that that uh, we it's a kind of karmic thing and there there's specific lessons there that I had to learn it was like my last stop um, I just, I, you know, I'm not ashamed to say my age. I just turned 60 in June and I've had, I had 40 years of, uh, dating and getting in marriages, long-term relationships, live-in relationships over those years that were, um, not honoring me, uh, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, uh, diminishing, um, but the common denominator was that I, I, I chose those people to be in a relationship and I stayed quite a while in the, in the relationships, starting from, you know, as a late teen and then in my 20s, 30s and going on. And, and so I had to, to look back. And this is where with, with my boundary coaching, um, I do one-on-one boundary coaching, a 12-week program uh, where we delve into why. Uh, looking back at our underlying commitments, the shadow work. So, for instance, let's say, because there's a reason, there's a reason why we always pick a man who's unavailable or a man who cheats or a man who's just not affectionate or a man who is not around or uh, whatever it may be or not you know, getting into a relationship. So if we go back to age 10 or under and look at what happened, there's usually something that you can pinpoint, and it may be um, the father left. 
um, maybe the dad, your dad cheated on your mother or they got a divorce and they left or you were abused by, a, you know, the neighbor or an uncle or sexually abused or there was uh, alcoholism or there, there could be a myriad of things. And so for me, besides having a lot of alcoholism in my family, the whole family, it was rampant, run through. There was no abuse, but it was um, a heartbreaking thing for me to see, witness in my father, in my brother, in my uncle, in my grandfather, in my, um, I mean, so many, I could list, um, cousins. And so I became codependent, trying to save everybody. Uh, And I was very empathic, uh, very kind of magical person. And then on top of that, being bullied uh, uh, pretty bad as I had bright red hair. I'm a redhead and I had bright, bright red hair, like Tippy Longstocking and freckles and pale white skin. I think I was the only, maybe there was one other redhead in my school uh, at the time I grew up in the suburbs of Seattle. And um, uh, I would get called names. Um, some girls pulled the hair out of my head. Um, and it just felt I had that message that went into my subconscious that I'm different, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy enough to be in the cool, with the cool kids, or I'm, I'm a weirdo, or, um, and so I had that uh, commitment there, I was bullied, and so when I started getting into relationships, I used to think, oh my God, it's so easy, because then I became, I did blossom, and I became very pretty, I worked as an actress and a model, and so I did have a lot of uh, male attention, um, always, but and I would be excited because these cool guys, you know, they were, oh, it's so, you know, ever, so many men want to be with me. And it was so easy for me to get in relationships. But guess what? These were men that were also bullies. They were verbally abusive. They were jealous. They were actually, when I look now, I realize they were narcissists. I dove deep into the uh, studying about narcissism. It's a big topic now. I mean, on YouTube, there's so many channels about it and Instagram, and it's just like, it's what, is everybody a narcissist? <laughs> it's almost a little over, too much, right? But I will say that uh, looking back after all of my study, I've watched hundreds of videos on it. I've had one-on-one consultations with actual narcissists. I've had, you know, I've done therapy and, and coaching and books. So I, I see what now looking back, oh, my God, classic, classic narcissistic abuse. But I didn't know. Here I was, this little empathic you know, redhead who wanted to love and be loved and accepted and with all my magical interests. And I I loved acting and dancing and learning languages and travel and, you know, music and everything. I just had so many interests. As I said, Gemini, right, were the butterflies of the universe and uh, a lot of interests in and uh, the men would, would just be jealous and mad and angry that I had these interests and how dare you and what do you, who do you think you are? And, and uh, a classic example, you know, deep share here, personal share, is that when I was in my early 20s, I, had, I lived, in, lived with a boyfriend for about three and a half to four years, and he was a few years older than me. Uh, I was an actor at the time in, in, in Hollywood, and I did TV commercials. I was with a big commercial agency, and uh, I booked some good, you know, McDonald's and Chevrolet, and I did some. And for me, it was interesting because as a kid, uh, I wanted to do TV commercials. I don't know where, you know, I'd watch the commercials. Back then, they were pretty cool. It wasn't like pharmaceutical commercials every, every other commercial. You know, it was, it was real fun commercials like Dr. Pepper, and it was almost like a Broadway show. And, you know, they had just really fun commercials back then. 
we can probably still sing some of those those jingles now, right? We remember them. They were they were good. And I wanted to be a commercial actress. And I, I when I was 19, I moved down to L.A. and I got a commercial agent. And I quickly uh, booked a, my first national was a Chevrolet commercial. I did two or three McDonald's and just different, you know, different ones. But so then I, that was, and then I moved in with this, this guy. We'll call, I called him Logan. I won't say his real name, but in my two books, Diary of the Beverly Hills Matchmaker and Hearts on the Line, I called him Logan. And um, uh, he would actually, it was so interesting because if I would go get, get an audition. So back then we did not have cell phones. We had, um, for those of you who are not from that era, we had answering machines. So what would happen, we'd had a landline and an answering machine. So the agent would call. If you didn't pick up, they'd leave a message on the answering machine and say, hey, Marley, you got an audition tomorrow uh, for McDonald's at 2 o'clock at, you know, such and such studios, um, you know, call back to confirm. So you had to call back to confirm. And um, so this boyfriend would purposely not – if I left, he wouldn't, he wouldn't turn on the answering machine. He would try to sabotage it so I wouldn't get the message. So I had to put, spend, which was a lot of money at the time for me, $90 to put in my own telephone line with my own answering machine so I wouldn't miss any calls. And then before, uh, if I did get an audition and he knew about it, before I was ready to go, he'd start a fight so that I'd be crying so that he, hopefully he would sabotage me having a chance to get the, get the part. And then when I did book a commercial, and I would be so happy, I mean, you'd keep making a lot of money on these things, and they were fun and creative, and I loved it. And he, uh, I'd tell him, I, one time I remember going, going and telling him, I got, you know, I booked it. And he just sat there scowling. He, no, no congratulations, no, that's great. It, he was not happy. Um, and so I stayed with this guy for so long. Uh, it finally ended uh, in in a, in a awful evening where he ended up um, kicking me out of the house and I hit my hand on a on the window pane it broke and I cut myself I ended up in the emergency room and he kicked me in the thigh and it was just awful and and I did leave but you know this was the type of of relationship that that I was in and I would still I would I would ask myself why 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 are these why are these people and this was many men like this why are they treating me like this why are they not happy for me why are they angry and I would do my best but back then we didn't have internet we didn't have any of the tools that we have now to find out what's going on what's wrong and and you just cry and cry and try to try to fix it and so I now looking back doing this work this deep dive work at 60 years old I'm doing going back and looking at this work so it's never too late it's never um, too late to look at why why this happened, and uh, I, I see the the you know the alcoholism in the family and the bullying, um, and so I can now look at it. And when you look at it and you know what happens, you can clean it up and uh, not have that happen. And we have to put ourselves first. And it's so hard. Often women we want to keep trying, and we oh, but I love him. He's treating us like absolute crap, but we still love him. And that's been a problem with me. It's like yeah, but I oh, but deep down I know he loves me. That's not love. It's not. You don't treat someone like that. You don't treat your best friend like that. And so it's important to look and, and see, you know, and the definition, our, the definition, so I was trained by Nancy Levin, who is a Hay House um, uh, uh, quote author, and she's um, 
has Levin Life Coach Academy, and I've been with her three years studying about all of this stuff, and I've got some amazing coaching programs uh, through through her. And what we say is, what Nancy says is her definition of a boundary is boundaries are the limits that you set to define what you will and will not do and what you will or will not accept or tolerate. So your boundaries, in essence, are what's okay and what's not okay uh, for you, okay? And so boundaries are personal and specific. Your boundaries are yours. So what we're talking about here is being willing to give yourself permission to consider yourself at least as much as you're considering everyone else. We're the people pleasers. We're the doormats. You know, I used to, I mean, I, I, it was so bad that I, I remember a guy in, in L.A., he got off a, a bus and he walked up to me and asked, he was from Spain, he asked me directions, and I didn't know how to tell it to him, so I got on the bus and took him there. I mean, that's how codependent I was. I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so, so after you, you, can, you know, give yourself permission to consider yourself at least as much as you're considering everyone else, then you bump it up to you put more attention on you than you put on everyone else. Then the real boundary move here, the the ninja move, is being willing to put your attention on yourself first. Consider yourself before you consider everyone else. So think about that. How many times have you said yes to something you really wanted to say no to? When was the last time you were able to say no without feeling guilty? So look at those places in your life where you make promises to yourself. You know, this is another thing besides saying yes to other people when you don't want to. Where are the places in your life you make promises to yourself, but you break them? A few moments later, a week later, maybe that's eating better. Maybe that's not scrolling on the phone so much. Maybe that's going to the gym. Maybe that's getting to bed early. I've been, oh, I, my, my problem, well, my boundary that I have not been able to keep very well is listening to my phone at night. I, I love podcasts. I love YouTube. I, I, God, there's so much content that I just devour and eat up. And it's like, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. And then I play it at night. And am I getting a good sleep? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> so before, that's, so that's what I continue to work on. Before you can hope that others will be able to honor your needs and your boundaries, it's important to look and see how you can truly respect your needs in a more relevant way. So kind of try to look at all those sneaky ways you dismiss your needs. For example, do you always let others pick restaurants, saying that you're fine with whatever anyone else wants? Do you maybe say, like I said, you, you know, I'll start an exercise program, but only give it up a few days later. Buy things for other people, but never for yourself. Stay quiet just to, so that you don't upset somebody else or say yes when you mean no. No is not, it's a complete sentence and it's not a dirty word. I'll tell you that. No is no. And we tend to over explain. So those are indications that boundaries need to be set. And remember that a boundary is between you and you. You cannot expect someone else to uphold our boundary because it's not their boundary, right? It's like, oh, he, they, they crossed my boundary. Well, it's not their boundary. So just remember that it's between you and you, right? So a couple things you have to um, realize about boundaries and look at is where do I end and where does someone else begin? That's really a lot of codependence where we, we don't look at, you know, we are separate people. You do not need to co-manage 
uh, be somebody's manager or, you know, about their life. We've got to allow them to make their own mistakes um, and be themselves. Often we try to help. Oh, I'm just trying to help. No, these are adults, and we have to allow them to make their mistakes. They're on their own path. Even these narcissists, these people, these are, so what I was explaining was before these past lives and this karmic relationship, sometimes we we maybe made this this, uh, choice before we came into the body. Okay, I I am uh, going to learn about boundaries. I'm going to learn about self-love. I'm going to learn about um, respect. And so we pick to be in relationships before we even know we don't remember it. But uh, so we get our ass kicked in that area. And so we've got to learn. And so we, we need to learn. We don't want to come back and keep dating narcissists, right? So as you pull back from overstepping that line where you and someone else begins, you're able to start holding others capable of taking responsibility for themselves and managing their own experience and their own lives. And one of the primary reasons most people avoid setting boundaries, they just don't know what to say, right? So if you, you know, in my boundary uh, coaching, we, we go into actual scripts and what to say. We, we you know, we go through, you, you're going to give me um, things going on in your own life and we're going to get a whole script for you so that you practice it and you know how to, how to say things. The scripts are there to support you in knowing what to say, choosing the words, You'll use to set your boundaries. And it's just simply inviting, initiating and inviting a conversation in service of deeper intimacy and connection. So I'll just give you a little taste of it. So you break it down into three components. There's, there's plan A, plan B, and then the company line. So plan A is your request. Plan B is your declaration of intent. And then there's the company line, what you repeat over and over if someone challenges you. So plan A includes a statement of how you feel impacted by the other person plus a request. For example, I feel frustrated and taken advantage or I feel frustrated and taken for granted when you don't wash your dishes. Let's say this is a spouse or a roommate. I feel frustrated and taken for granted when you don't wash your dishes. Are you willing to do your own dishes going forward? Or I feel resentful when your dog crosses the street and poops in my yard and I end up having to clean up after him. Will you please figure out a way to keep your dog in your own yard? So you just notice that format is is that you share the impact on you and then you make a request. You're not demanding. All right. So the use of plan A is predicated on the availability of that person being reasonable and willing to collaborate. If they're unwilling to meet your request, then you move on to plan B and let the other person know how you're going to take care of yourself moving forward. So plan B just adds a statement of intent. For example, okay, so they're not going to wash their dishes, right? So you say, in order to take care of myself, I'm going to use some of the household budget to purchase paper plates since you won't wash your own dishes. Or in order to honor myself or in order to take care of my needs, I will call animal control when I next see your dog coming into my yard since you're not willing to keep your dog in your own yard. So it's just, you know, stating the impact on you. So you keep it in the eye. It's not, you know, saying, oh, you doing this, you doing that. You keep it in the eye, the impact. Are you willing to? If they're not, then you state what you're going to do. And you have to hold it. That's the thing about boundaries. Otherwise, it's like the little girl's crying wolf. So these are some things that um, that we go over in, in boundary coaching. And here are three nuggets I just want to leave you with. It's no 
somebody else's job to maintain or respect your boundary. Someone else's response to our truth is not our responsibility, and we have to find our no in order to free our yes. And so I just uh, wanted to uh, share that, share the, you know, the main keys to, to tips to take away. And I see there's a couple of callers with their hands up, so I, I, I will bring you on. I have a, a few minutes left, so if you want to wait and if you have a question. Uh, but I just wanted to share the most important thing to, to bring anything that you want into your life is to take responsibility, to, to, to love your life, to bring up your frequency, do the things you love not care about what other people think about you, and then to bring in strong boundaries. And you become a boundary badass. I mean, there is no stopping you. And uh, you can go to my website, MarlaMartinson.com. I'm doing one-on-one, taking one-on-one clients now. And then in January, I am starting a very exciting uh, one-on-one and group coaching. Uh, It's the new relationship blueprint. So we're going to dive into uh, relationships and and, relationships. you know, finding the love of your life and all of that. So, and be sure to get on my newsletter, marlamartinson.com. Get on the newsletter. I only send one out about once a week, once every 10 days, but you'll be abreast of, of specials on readings, on um, different things I'm doing, uh, coaching, all of that stuff. Um, so please stay in touch that way because I love to stay in touch with you. And you can always email me through there too if you have any questions um, or want to connect. But I'm going to take this call, 631 Hello. Hello, hello. Okay, well, it sounds like nobody's there. All right, so 347, hello. Hi. Hello. How are you? Hi there. Hello. Good. What's Hi. your name? My name is Tanika. Tanika, hey, I think I've spoken to you before. I don't have remember. You, have you called? No, okay, maybe maybe not. So what's on your mind? Um, pretty much relationship and love is on my mind. Um, I'm interested in, in attaining and having that. I haven't been in a relationship in a while by choice because of just past things that happened to me and, and I just wanted to kinda of, um see what you see with my potential of being in one soon or anything because it's I'm getting kinda of lonely. Right, and and listening to to the show, what uh, area do you think you have some issues that you can um, clean up? Boundaries, uh, self-honoring, do you see any patterns there? Yeah, all of those I've been victim to, not setting boundaries, um, just being too giving up myself, like losing myself in a relationship to make it work, to to please, and also... Mm -hmm. um, saying no and just meeting it and just putting up boundaries because it's like either I am not in a relationship at all I cut everyone off and I'm just not open to it or when I'm in one I'm just all in you know it's very one extreme to another and when and and let me ask you this when you cut somebody off why, why do you think that is what's going on there because I feel that they're just taking advantage and just having too much fun and not taking me and the things that I'm giving seriously at all and not it's not going anywhere that always happens mm-hmm. and then when you stay in too long what's what's going on there when I what when you stay in because you said when, there's two two things that you do you cut them off real fast or you stay in too long finally oh, I just okay. end up staying out of any relationship for a long time because I keep trying and ignoring and 
and right. you know keep giving and giving to try to make it work but after mm-hmm. a while when I see I'm being taken for granted then that's when I just mm-hmm. I just put it to a stop and then I just end up becoming jaded like I am now and just stay away from men for a long time <laughs> right and then that energy of jaded when we talk about frequency always matching the jaded that's not going to help <laughs> so so when yeah. we when we when you look back at at uh, Tamika at twelve years old ten years old and younger can you think of anything that was going on in your life then that happened that would have an impact probably, you know I think I feel like it probably had to do with family dismissing me dismissing my feelings a lot kind of treating me like I was a joke when I was like a creative mm. little child and I was very different from them. So I feel like yep. maybe in relationships, um, I'm just paranoid of not being taken seriously, and I feel like I end up not being taken seriously somehow because of that. I don't know why, but I feel right. like it has it stems from from my childhood and the in, the image that I was brought up to see myself as because of my family's perception of me. Yeah, and if we talk to anybody, I bet anybody you stop on the street, any friends, I mean, I doubt uh, you're going to find anyone, or, or maybe it will be very rare to find somebody that would not have something in their our childhoods, right, that kind of messed us up, in quotes, <laughs> or that kind of gave us these challenges. And I sometimes I think that this is what we've chosen coming into this life, is that we've, Earth is a school, and we've got to learn. And, and um, everyone I talk to has something where we could think back to, to why. And so now we're, we're cleaning up these patterns. It's, it's pretty rare. Even people who, you know, in the older generations who stayed married 30, 40, 50, 60 years, if you ask them, they're going to say, well, it wasn't always easy, but I hung in there. Or I had this issue or that issue. Um, and so really, like, people will ask, since I'm also an intuitive reader, they'll say, oh, pull the cards. When am I going to meet someone? Where, who is, when am I going to meet my soulmate? But just as you, you have illustrated here, and what I was talking about is just doing the work cleaning that up, doing the work for yourself, doing, getting strong boundaries, loving yourself, putting yourself first. Um, and then you're, you are going to have that, those issues cleaned up and then you'll meet the right person. And I can see, I mean, already I'm pulling some cards around you. You're a very empathic person. I feel that you have this, this creativity. I see a lot of pink color around you. I see that you, do you have a brother? Um, I have one brother? who's younger than all of my sisters on my father's side. He's a stepbrother, and we, we don't know each yeah. other that well, but he's the youngest out of everybody. Um, yeah, the, the, the spirit guides are mentioning, they're mentioning a brother, and, uh, they, they, you know, if you can connect with him, they're, they're, they just mentioned a brother that, that uh, maybe you want to connect with. Um, and so I see a lot of uh, even that. I see. You see a lot of you in him. Yeah, when yeah. the short amount of times that I've ever met him and gone to visit him, I see his, I see how sensitive and vulnerable he is to the rest of my family, and I see him, his insecurities, and it reminds me of me so much. I see a lot of me in him, but I don't say anything. But I see the struggles that he's going on with trying to be himself but fit in with them, and he doesn't fit in, and I see it, and it reminds me of me so much. Okay, so that's why the, the guides brought him up, because he could use some support from you now, since you guys are so uh, alike, and these are the struggles he's going through. So do you feel comfortable contacting him or spending some more time with him, kind of being a mentor or being there for him? I think I need to work on myself and get stronger first, 
but um, mm-hmm. I would like to. It's just his his mother, his mother, my stepmother. She doesn't really like. She never, even though we're all grown up now, her daughters are all adults. Like we're all adults. She was very spiteful and jealous of me and my sisters because we were our father's first daughters, and she just did not like us. She made me scared to death of her when I was younger. So she was not nice mm. to me, and um, her her daughters also are kind of like her now, even though. I have love for one of them, but still they're very much like their mother. So I want to see my father a lot, but that prevents me mm-hmm. from going over there a lot. And that's where my brother is. So it, it's, I would so love to spend more time with my now? brother and my father. I'm in my how early 40s. Your brother now? No, he's how in his, brother? I, think, he's, I think he's late 20s. He was born like around 1994, Okay. 93. So he's an adult. He's an adult. So you, you try to, they're just saying, try to get in touch with him and have a relationship and he can meet you. He's an adult. Uh, and and um, they're saying it's the holidays coming up. Send him a card. Send him a gift. Do, do whatever you can to reach out. And, and if anybody else is trying to block it, you bring up your power, your energetic power. You, you um, command the energy in any space that you are and you bring up that goddess. You're not taking any, this is your boundaries. And so it's like, no, this is my brother and he needs me and we need each other. And this is a path that we've, you know, chosen for this life. And and so this is also a test for you. And I think this, I think once you clean that up too, you're going to be like this goddess, you know, you can't unstoppable. So um, that's the messages that that's coming through. And so um, thank you. I've, uh, my time's running out, but thank you so much for calling and um, I wish you the best. And uh, everybody, I just encourage you to to um, get on my newsletter to stay connected. I'm uh, at the Mystical Matchmaker on Instagram, and I'm sending everybody much, much love. And until next time. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. If you love this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. For more inspiration and to stay connected, find me on Instagram at The Mystical Matchmaker or my website, MarlaMartinson.com. Much, much love and hope you have a mystical, magical day.